the difference has been Mason Rudolph. Okay, let's get that much clear. But the difference has changed a lot of stuff around him, too. Good morning to you. Good Monday morning and Happy New Year from Seattle. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this is Daily Shot of Steelers, a special edition of that on the holiday. It usually comes to you bright and early every weekday. If you're into hockey and or baseball, I also offer daily shots of Penguins and Pirates in the same place that you found this. Steelers 30, Seahawks 23. And did you feel how casually that 30 came off the lips here? You know, 30. 30 points was close to unthinkable as recently as, oh, you know, a couple weeks ago. But that's the way this has all gone of late. It's amazing how much a quarterback can contribute to every facet of the offense, including chiefly, I think, in the case of this football team, just calming everybody down and allowing them to focus on being their best selves and just becoming more individually confident along the way. So look, they go into Lumen Field. They're going against a team that they know isn't great at stopping the run and against a head coach in Pete Carroll who's been around long enough that he's going to try to do something to stop the run if plan A doesn't work out. Well, plan A got obliterated in the very first quarter as Najee Harris and Jalen Warren began what would become an evening-long stampede. Najee ending up with 122 yards on 27 carries, had a couple of touchdowns. Jalen with 75 yards on 13 carries. He had a touchdown as well. They both had, they each had a 23-yard run for the ages. Like, they almost looked as if, One was trying to either match or outdo the other. In this case, as has often been the case, it was Najee following up Jalen. Just what an outstanding showing by both of them and by the offensive line in front of them. The O-line got the game ball. But I'm going to guess you won't like that even a fraction as much as you'll like this exchange I had with Jalen afterward. It's not just been yards, it's been points. Do you feel like this offense has, has found its identity here over the last couple of weeks? I mean, yeah, we're willing to adapt to whatever we got to do. Um, we didn't come in to play again. Uh, we didn't come in this game, you know, play their football. We came in to play our football. That's what I'm talking about. That's the confidence. That's going into a stadium and saying we have a certain way of doing things and we don't care what you do to try to stop us. If you've been a regular listener of this program, you'll know that I would often and vocally decry the seemingly shared sentiment between Matt Canada and Mike Tomlin about, oh no, they have a really good safety. We're never ever going to throw in that part of the field. That kind of thinking. And that's not at all, at all, what happened here. The Steelers' offense allowed the Seahawks defense to dictate nothing. And I understand that that's easier said after they out physical the opponent for three straight hours, which they did. 
But there also was the matter of eventually, and especially in the second half, because you started to see both Najee and Jalen get stopped for these minus ones and minus twos. Remember, like for the first time? Well, that's because Carroll had finally had enough and he was just loading everybody up at the line of scrimmage. And it was at that point, because of the belief in Rudolph, that the Steelers said, huh, okay, well, we're just going to throw a bomb to George Pickens then. Listen to my exchange with George afterward. George, what's it say that this, this coaching staff trusted you guys to throw the ball there on that last drive? Uh, that's why I said shots out to the whole line because, mm-hmm. you know, it wasn't fully trust. It was just, you know, opening up, you know. When they pack guys in a box like they did today because yeah. uh, they couldn't stop the run, right. uh, you know, the air game is How about that? Dude takes some criticism, and a lot of it's fair and right. However, that's a terrific answer. I asked him about a catch that he made and a great throw that Mason made, and his response is to give the offensive line credit for the way they had carried themselves all day. And you know what? He's actually right. They did make that catch possible because they made that throw possible because they made the whole thing possible. All of this is starting to work together. Now, you know, is it too late to mean anything? I'm not going to get into the five million scenarios and whatever else that there is. If only because, again, if I'm being totally blunt with you here, I'm not placing anywhere near as much emphasis on this team making the playoffs as I am on them getting better. I don't believe that the 2023 Steelers are about to win the Super Bowl. I do, however, believe that what's happened here over these past couple of weeks, repeating, beginning with Rudolph at quarterback, can make a seismic difference for this franchise heading into 2024. And all he did here was go 18 of 24 for 274 yards, no interceptions, one sack, a 112.2 rating, ran the running game well, got some fourth down sneaks going, made timely big plays down the field. Let's stop overthinking this stuff. Let's stop over discussing it and let's end, and I do mean emphatically end once and for all, any debate as to who this franchise's number one quarterback is. I would love to give the people of my beloved city, Pittsburgh, more credit than to think that anyone could carry this conversation even another day further. When we come back, J1Q. This segment of Daily Shot is brought to you by our good friends at Mike's Beer Bar. They're located on Federal Street, directly across from PNC Park. Mike has more than 500 beers on tap, including from more than 50 local breweries. Stop in and say hello. Tell Mike we sent you. Mike's Beer Bar. Today's J1Q comes from Steve, who asks, Dan, what to make of this coaching staff's evaluation of the quarterback position the last two years? Uh, Steve, first off, I think anytime you bring up the coaching staff, when it comes to player evaluation or player acquisition uh, and that sort of thing, you have to include everybody all the way up to the general manager. And even really, if you think about it, 
Art Rooney. It shouldn't just be about Mike Tomlin and his staff, although Tomlin himself is very deeply involved in this. I just wanted to throw that out there in case anybody would pounce on the semantics involved. This is feeling like an epic swing and a miss. Okay, I'm not going to lie. I've watched Mason Rudolph in many, many more settings than most people will have a chance to, whether that's in the trobe, training camp, practices. And I'm going to be honest with you. I find myself, just speaking for me, feeling a bit embarrassed because I was watching Rudolph out there and I didn't see anything that swayed me in one direction or another. Now, what I would tell myself is that, well, of course I didn't because he's running the scout team. He's running the other team's offense. He's running plays off cards, as the football players like to say, meaning scripted plays that everyone knows are coming. So technically speaking, you're not trying to outsmart or outperform your own defense. You're trying to give them a look at what it is that the other guys are doing. So that they can see it, they can process it, and ideally, come the weekend, they can react to it. He was doing service work. Now, I guess we can expand it to all of us, you included, as being a little bit guilty when it comes to preseason games. Because we all see those, and we saw some good things. You know, a couple of the prettier passes that anyone made in those exhibitions came from the fingertips of number two. But I I think that within all this, before we get to any sort of intensive scrutiny about who knew what and when and all that other stuff, because there's obviously a pretty big game to be played Saturday in Baltimore, it's most important to look at what Rudolph has done himself to improve himself. And for that, I really, really underscore his poise. We saw it again. How about all the fuss from everybody, chiefly Tomlin, about coming up to this place and the 12th man and the Seattle environment. And he was still doing it after the game like he couldn't let it go, even though it really wasn't that big a factor considering the Steelers fans probably took up 20% of the tickets. There was nothing overwhelming or unusual about this atmosphere from a Seattle perspective. There just wasn't. You're going to have to Trust me, or take it from anyone else who was in the building. But did you see anything affect Rudolph? Did you see anything throw him off his game or give him happy feet or make him look indecisive? Remember, that was supposed to be the big thing. You know, well, at least in the Bengals game, he was able to pop that one quick, easy, short pass to George Pickens and Pickens ran for a mile with it, and that just lifted everybody's... Con- uh-uh, not this time. Not this time. It was steady as it gets throughout, from front to finish. Presley Harvin punted once in the entire game. Did you know that? Everything was just movement upon movement upon movement. And just when you thought the Steelers were going to stick endlessly with the run, Mason would drop back and give you something good. And just enough, as you heard George say on the opening segment, to keep everybody honest. Listen, no one instills that in you. 
there's not a coach, there's not an instructor, there's not a grand poobah somewhere, a Zen master who just hands you poise and says, here is your poise. He did this. This is to the credit of this young man. And it's going to be fun, I believe, to watch him mature. And within that, make up for lost time, regardless of who was responsible. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everyone listening to Daily Shot of Steelers, and we will have another one of these tomorrow. 